Captain's Log, Stardate 758-12.5 Starfleet CNC has arrived at Lone Star Station and have requested a briefing on the operational performance of the station. Some of the officers are on heightened alert as to what this could mean or represent for those aboard. This episode of These Are the Voyages is brought to you by The Chain of Command. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for some rogue discussion my dear dear friend lieutenant commander eric how you doing man i'm doing pretty good actually pretty good pretty good yep not gooder not goodest just good nope just good just good okay gooder's gooder's not a word it is on this show i mean there isn't there like a like a sunglasses brand called gooder if there is i don't know Uh, i think i think there might be (laughs) But it's okay. like good and then just R. It's not like E-R. Oh, okay. I think that's I think that's right. So tell me what has the, the commander feeling so pretty good? Uh well, um I I just I've been looking for a new job and I you know, I got an offer a new job for a significant pay raise. So that's good. Yay. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was at the interview, and I was getting ready to sit down with the the administration, the principal, and a couple of the one of the assistant principals and one of the deans. And all of a sudden, like we hear this like loud noise outside of like the conference room, and apparently, like a fight started. Oh <laughs> and they were like, you oh heard my. this girl like yelling, and um, I don't know if they actual got to a fight, but there was like some yelling and some shoving. And like they're like, uh, let's. I'm just, we're just gonna look and see what's going on out here. <laughs> <laughs> and this this girl, she was like, she was hot. It was like between girls. She was like, let me f and go. I'm gonna f that hoe up. <laughs> I'm gonna find her. And I'm gonna. Like, she she's like, let me f and go. I'm I'll find you after school. <laughs> She, I mean, it went on for a long time too, and she was just like cursing up a storm. How she was gonna wow. f up this other girl? Wow! It's like, wow. dang, that happened. They were like, yeah, that doesn't happen around here. Don't, um, don't think that does. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Pay no attention. <laughs> wow! So there was a, there was a kerfuffle. There was. that happened. Wow, in the middle of your your interview thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Wow. Okay. So, do, so did you get the job at the at the kerfuffle school? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for a pretty for a pretty good pay raise um, over where Hi-oh. I am now. Yep. So that's nice. Good. So you what you start in um, August or something? Yeah. Yeah. Next school year. Yep. Okay. All right. So is this, um, so I'm guessing this is like a, a charter school or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's another charter school, and I'll be teaching uh, pre-calc and AP-calc now. 
Nice, nice. Seventh and eighth grade math. Okay, okay, man. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm happy for you, man. I know you've been, um, I mean, between you, you know, doing the whole inner light type of, you know, dress thing, you know, for, for car duty and, you know, no pop culture, which is like no Michael Jackson references, no Star Trek refer- references, like. No mean, no, mean, t- no mean girl references either. No mean girl. Well, I mean, well, like, like, in calculus, right? When you talk about limits, right? Obviously, there's a great mean, <laughs> right? The limit does not exist. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. Oh. Did, did you ever like hear? I'm just curious. Like, did you ever hear any girls like? say like you know on wednesdays we wear pink no i've never heard that. no no okay there's probably uniforms at your school right yes there are okay or you can't sit with us no okay no i've never okay. heard anything like that Look, my oh. students are too young for mean girls let's be honest mean girls is older than they are like they were born in like 98 99 or 98 98 99 2008 and 2009 that hurts to hear. Yeah, that does, right? <laughs> <laughs> I felt old when some of my friends were graduating in 2008, let alone being born in 2008. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, good grief is right. It's like, dang, Man. I was almost done with college when you were born. Right, <laughs> right. Man, goodness, goodness. Well, okay. Well, can, can you at least, you know have a passing reference to anything at this new school that you know of oh oh definitely definitely yep okay very cool they're like every teacher is required to like sponsor a club and like i was talking with some of the other teachers there and they're like well yeah i sponsor a disney club and we just watch disney movies star trek club (laughs) i know know, right or sci-fi club let's go somebody (laughs) let's let's go can i I co-sponsor it with you (laughs) We'll, we'll zoom you in. <laughs> this club brought is sponsored by <laughs> these are the voyages. <laughs> we'll get a flag. It'll be like a charter organization type of thing. It'll be great. It'll be great. Let's. let's <laughs> wow. Yeah, sci-fi club. That's fantastic. I like that idea. Or a movie appreciation, or a sci-fi movie appreciation, a sci-fi society. Man, we like. We gotta get the marketing team on this one, bud. Like, let's go. Like, you have, like, it, it's it's May. We're in early May, so we have three months to shop this, so you can hit the ground running and make a heck of a heck, heck of a of a good impression with these students. That's right. I'm saying. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Do you know if you can dress up on Halloween? Probably. Dude, you have you have you have your science uniform. Let's go, somebody. I do. I do have my my Star Trek uniform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotta like prop it out with like the TOS tricorder, though. I gotta find one of those. You know they have the um, like they have a um, a TOS tricorder as a um, uh, like a remote type of thing. Like uh, what's it called? Um, well, those TOS tricorders are gigantic, though. Mm-hmm. They're not like, you know, the next generation handheld right. tricorder. They take two hands to use. Yeah, and you I, gotta I carry know. Them. Um, you got to sling them over your shoulder with the strap. 
there's um so the wand company they um they made these um these different things right like they would make um um like with doctor who like the sonic screwdrivers they had like um a ninth and tenth doctor and an eleventh doctor sonic screwdriver which i know that doesn't really mean much to you they also had like some harry potter wands and i think a couple other things too and um let me let me share this screen with you for just a second so you know what i'm talking about dude um that's it that looks like it anyway so this is it it's a it's a star trek tricorder replica and what it is is you can use it basically to like turn things on and off or you can gesture it or whatever i'm pretty sure with like turning volume and other things like you can like do all sorts of cool things with it um i don't have this model per per se but i was um, I was at a Doctor Who convention in um, uh, February of 2017, and I, I had my my tenth Doctor Sonic screwdrivers from the Wand Company, mind you. And like there are certain gestures where it just like can automatically turn TVs on and off. And I had never really tried it on things. We're sitting in the hotel um, bar slash restaurant with some friends, and I'm like, I wonder if this works. So what do I do, Eric? I pull it out of my pocket, and I point it at the wall, and I accidentally, like, accidentally, kind of, turned off ten TVs at once. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) So, anyway, there's there's that. I'm I'm, I'm sure you can just find other, like, just non-smart props, you know, for this particular tricorder. You know, somewhere. So. Oh, I'm just looking at this. They, they make a a communicator, an original s- series style communicator, which is actually Bluetooth, and you can like hook it up to your phone and receive calls on this communicator. Mm-hmm. But it's a mm-hmm. hundred and eighty dollars. Man, you got that Cheddar coming in, man. <laughs> I mean, that's expensive. I mean, you gotta man, pay you got for that. quality, right? That's right. That's right, man. Uh, Star Trek phaser. There you go. Phaser. Dude, Although I'm a, I'm a pacifist. I, I don't I don't need a phaser. Dude, just find like the Ruby's toy uh, phaser or whatever. Or I'll find it for you yeah. and I will I will trick that thing out for you. <laughs> like I you've never seen like I don't think you've seen like some of the stuff that I've repurposed, have you? No, I knew you were gonna like no, go go ahead. Go ahead. I so I I have um uh like well this is a good kind of segue cuz you know we just recently um some of our sci-fi brethren uh recently celebrated um Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you, right? Uh May 4th. And I did a um a Han Solo cosplay and uh, the Empire Strikes Back version by the way. And um anyways, I bought the Ruby's blaster from like Party City or something like that, some like random like party store that's that had Ruby's products. Like you buy the thing, it's like ten bucks versus like going on like other random sites on the internet where it's like hundreds of dollars. So I look at it, I'm like, I could totally like rip this out, I could drill this, I could scuff this up, I could like dry brush this. And I I ended up um Doing a, I think I did a pretty decent job. I'm trying to find it. I know it's here somewhere. Um, anyway, 
Um, and it looks it looks a lot like um, Han Solo's blaster. And um, I did that. I also did um, Star Lord's um, blaster from um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, my wife um, uh, and I we did like a Lara Croft and a, um, a Nathan Drake from like the Tomb Raider and the Uncharted video games. And um, I tricked out a gun for her, and um, I made a little grappling hook uh, for myself. And um, anyway, yeah, so I, I enjoy tricking out props and having a good time with it. But anyway, you were going to say something about something that had to do with something. Well, I, I thought I remember you were going to make your own, like, lightsaber, and you had bought, like, some part of a toilet inside of a toilet working thing as your hilt. I did, yeah. I have, um, I have not quite put that together. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out like some of like the lighting stuff, because I've watched um, a, a, a untold number of YouTube videos and Vimeo stuff, and like a lot of the videos that I've watched, it's like using like um like you know strip lights or whatever and like um some kind of um what's what's the tube called um like a polycarbonate is that what it is um for like the blade itself and like i don't want that like i want to be able to if i want to i want to be able to like take the blade off and stuff and not be stuck with just like one color or whatever it might be like I want to be, you know, because I want to be able to, like, you know, hook it to a belt and, like, wear it if I want to, but also pose with the blade without, like, you know, being able to see, like, the strip light. So it's, I, I need to find someone far smarter than myself that is adept at doing, like, blades that can have, like, the full color, but also just have it separate, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. So, anyway, yeah. That that brings me to I mean before we we dive into you know the the topic for today's show, um, I do want to ask this because I think this would be kind of fun like maybe like a fun brief little debate of sorts like a good little appetizer before we talk about um, the topic of of rogue admirals this evening, this day, this morning, this afternoon, whenever people listen to our to our show, right? Um, Star Wars Day, May fourth. Okay, unofficial holiday for our Star Wars brethren. Um, we we sometimes like have like these like dumb turf wars about like our, our sci-fi you know franchises and stuff, and that's fine. Just for funsies, okay? Like let's think of like the um, I guess eleven-ish movies, right? Like we're counting like Rogue One and, and Solo in this, okay? Of the eleven, which one do you think is the most Star Trek? Yeah, how about them apples? <laughs> That's a tough question. Because they're all so action-packed. Most of them are so action-packed, which that's not really what Star Trek is. I mean, Star Trek movies tend to be more action-packed than the show. Hmm, that's a that's a tough question. Uh maybe solo? Okay. Okay. Which I don't understand the hate for Solo. I really don't. I don't either. It's a fun little space western. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it just came mm-hmm. out at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I mean, it's not my favorite of the Star Wars films, but I kind of tend to gravitate towards like Return of the Jedi, perhaps. As like a Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason the reason I say that is I think of the nine films, it's probably the one where there's the most um, talking, figuring out plans, working together as a team type of thing, um, using things that maybe other folks wouldn't immediately think of like little teddy bears in the forest for crying out loud um even even like the the long drawn out discourse on the second death star with vader the emperor and luke like i think that could have been something that you would have seen in some iteration of a star trek show or movie okay i mean i can see it i understand i get it so yeah and they're running around in woods and stuff so yeah why not why not okay um but yeah so solo for you you're thinking solo yeah okay we'll have to ask david that um the next time we're we're hanging out with him yeah we'll also have Um, to ask him which of the star trek movies is the most star warsy oh shoot oh shoot man i wonder where our list listener like all y'all in listener land like what do you think like seriously, please email us trtvpod at gmail dot com. What you think, uh, or tweet us what you think um, the most Star Trek Star Wars film is, and vice versa. Right? Like, we we this is this is fun. Like this is just a fun little thought exercise. I like it. I like it. So, Eric, let's go ahead and um, if you don't have any other like random stuff to throw in for that particular question that I just threw at you. Um, let's talk Trek, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So everyone, um, with, you know, with Star Trek, we've, I think we've talked about this, um, at different points, either on the show, certainly off the show. That's for sure too. Amongst like friends and other, uh, Trekkies, this idea of rogue admirals, like don't trust the admiral. Like, ignore the admiralty. They're idiots. Like, they don't know what they're saying type of stuff. Um, so, you know, like we do with, um, like like we've done with, like, other, you know, definitive lists and um, rankings and brackets and stuff like that, we're going to give you all, like, a smattering of who we think, like, some of, like, the most rogue, rogue admirals there are in the whole of Star Trek um, as best we can kind of think of folks I suppose um, but before we really dive into that Eric when when you hear rogue admiral what's the idea what's the thought what's the whatever that comes to mind for you when you hear those two words together in Star Trek well like so often we are conditioned to think of like the captain, whoever it is, whether it's Kirk, Picard, Cisco, Janeway didn't have to deal with anybody. Uh, 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 you know, Archer, 
um, when you think of the captain, it's like typically you say, well, what the captain wants to do is the correct thing to do. And anybody yeah. telling the captain to do something he doesn't want to do is like in the wrong. Like, Captain mm-hmm. Picard's not wrong. He can't be wrong. Like, he's always right. <laughs> you know? So it's like you think of somebody who just, you know, tells you to do something you don't want to do or or has an idea that is just different from what the captain of the ship wants to do or what the captain of the ship thinks is the correct thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, for me, like with um, with the Admiralty, I, I I see them more as, and I think it's by design, the as like the the rotating foils for for our our captain and, and our main cast, right? Um, at any point, like, well, we we already used a Cardassian, or oh man. No, we probably shouldn't use a Bolian as a foil. Let's just let's just throw an admiral in there and see what happens, type of thing. Um, so yeah, um, we we are conditioned. We are, um, you know, taught whatever that our captain, our 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 crew, whatever ship we're on, um, that they know what's best. Um, and sometimes that's to that's to a debt to the detriment. I mean, because so, like sometimes, in all honesty, like admirals have like good ideas. Now the way that they're executed, that's a different story, um, and that that's where it kind of gets folks in in trouble at times. And we'll probably talk about at least one of them tonight um, with with this particular um, this particular episode. So I I I was telling. Um, Eric, that I have about 10 on my list, and um, I think you had um, a little bit more than 10, so uh, I'm sure they're, just like just like we've done this in the past, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to have some carryover, some little, little overlap with, with our folks. So, um, um, how would you like to go about doing this, man? How do you want to get this started? I mean, my list is just in... Um sort of chronological order, right? Starting, you know, with the original series and then going through the next gen. That's kind of how I have mine set up. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have a do you have a way of determining um like most egregious admiral? Oh, I've got I've got two of them at the top that are definitely the most egregious okay so maybe um i'm i might have to like kind of meander my way through this but why don't we do like least to most okay least to most sure yeah so yeah let's kind of let's let's try that out let's see what happens so um, I'll kick this one off because this is like I, I was telling I was telling Eric before like some of these folks like I don't know if it's like they're like straight up rogue they're they're straight up like horrible as much as they are like maybe bumbling or annoying stuff like that so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably have I'm gonna have at least one and I think that's kind of where I'm gonna start and uh, that's that's gonna be my my least. 
Um, I'm going to go with Admiral Jameson on this one. Did did Jameson make your list? Yeah, Admiral Mark Jameson. Yep. Yeah, he's on there. Okay. From a too short a season, I believe that was a that was a season one episode, if I'm not mistaken, of Next Gen. Season one of the Next Gen. Yep. Yep. So tell me about so, Admiral Mark Jameson. So, brother man wants to have the freaking fountain of youth, right? I mean, we all we all want to be. I mean, I think most of us want to, you know, have our our youth and our vitality um, for as long as we can hold on to it. And brother man has been an admiral for a minute now, like a good a good while, and he's had he's he's he's. He is older than Methuselah, it, it seems like. Um, he's got a, a long-lasting um, marriage with his wife. Uh, I mean, he's done tons and tons uh, for Starfleet and the Federation that we that we know of. Um, highly skilled, um, you know, um, officer when it comes to like diplomacy and negotiation and things of that nature. And that's essentially what's taken place. Is like. Um, there's there's a particular um, discussion that needs to take place, and he wants to be seen as like this strong, confident, like virile person, like he was once upon a time. And he's found a way in which to do this, but there's you know like consequences for the way in which he's doing it. And some of those consequences have to do with like personality and how he treats folks and. Um, um, like just throwing people around and stuff like that. So, and then ultimately, you know, kind of biting the dust and just not doing too well towards the end. So, that's I guess that's kind of like where I'm landing with with um, Admiral Jameson is the fact that he's he's very selfish in terms of what he's doing to the detriment of the crew of the 1701D, um, especially in the first season. So. Yeah, that's kind of where I have some issues with with him and him like being rogue esque, right? Like he's taking matters into his own hands. He's going to do what he wants, how he wants, when he wants, and he's going to walk all over people to get there and to do it. Yeah, I get that, but like, that's not really what I consider his rogueness. Okay, like let me hear it. His rogueness was that forty years ago, or. 30 years ago or however long ago what was a long time ago yeah it was a minute yeah. he uh he like instead of mediating peace between two warring factions he gave both sides the weapons and that was like he thought that you know by giving both sides weapons instead of one side weapons it would force them to like come to the negotiating table but they just like were in a civil war for 30 years basically and so I think that's really what his rogueness is is giving weapons to to these two warring factions are we sure that he wasn't working you know with another faction at the time of a private little war in original series (laughs) 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 okay well I've I've, that's, that's my guy so it sounds like we kind of double dipped on that one. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so I'll, I'll start my list with somebody who is maybe a little bumbling. Sometimes people call this, um, you know, rogueness. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I'm going to say 
Commodore Stocker. Not not an admiral, like but Commodore, right? Okay. Commodore Stocker from uh, the original series episode called The Deadly Years. Are you okay, familiar with this episode? You're going to have to remind me. It's been a minute. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Kirk, Spock, Bones, and the landing crew go down to some planet, and they're basically they're infected with uh, some aging disease. Like, they age, like, super fast. And uh, at the same time, they're escorting Commodore Stalker, who is a paper pusher who's never commanded a starship before. They're escorting him to be like in command of some new space station. But basically when Kirk starts to age, his his you know Commodore Stalker basically questions um, Kirk's ability to to command effectively. And so he basically forces Spock to, into like a competency hearing and uh, ends up relieving Kirk of command of the Enterprise and because Spock is like, but then he tries to get Spock to take over but Spock is like hey I'm compromised by the same disease and so is Scotty and so because the, all, the senior staff is all infected he takes over command of the ship but he's never been in command of a starship he's just a paper pusher and he's like, we got to get to the starbase as quick as possible. And the way he yeah, tries yeah, to get to the starbase is by, like, cutting a corner through the Romulan neutral zone into the Romulan territory instead of, like, going around it. Because he's like, we just got to get there fast. And when they get attacked by Romulans, he's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I do remember this. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't mess with the neutral zone and you don't mess with Romulans. Yeah, and so at like, all. is he rogue or is he just like because he, he's like, I don't want to take command of this ship, but I just don't think Captain Kirk uh, th- is up to it. And then he gets himself in over his head, so he's more like bumbling in a sense, mm-hmm. which is why I kind of put him at like the bottom of the list, like least egregious. Okay. So I, I, for mine, my next one, I hate to put them next to bumbling, but I'll try and justify it um, here in a moment because, well, I don't want to give it away. Okay, so they're not bumbling as much as it doesn't matter type of thing. And that is future slash alternative Admiral Janeway. Okay, sure. Okay, so I know this is your absolute favorite episode of Star Trek ever, dude. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, So, the series finale of Star Trek Voyager. We we know that um, the crew of of the USS Voyager, they made it home. It took them a long time, but they got home. And um, after a while, you know, we know that um, there have been some casualties. There have been some, there were a lot of challenges that were faced um, by the crew um, over a period of time. And Catherine Janeway, who is a vice admiral, 
um, basically is like, well, screw this, y'all. I'm going to go do my thing. And she goes back in time to her younger self to basically give them Borg technology to help them go through a conduit to get home faster and to shave 16 years off their journey, basically. So she comes from a future, again, an alternative future. So the actions don't really matter, but they kind of do. But like she, she purposefully, like she, she did something to make her own future, her own self and her crew's future better for themselves. And in doing so violated particularly the temporal prime directive to do so. Um, so that's why I have Janeway on this list. Um, because like, like I said, it, it matters. Like she violated, like she went rogue, like she stole a ship, a small ship, but she stole a ship and she time traveled, broke the prime directive to better herself. So that future that she came from doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Did Janeway make it on your list at all? No, she's not. I wasn't. I wasn't even honestly considering when I was putting together this list. Okay. All right. No, but I understand perfectly what you mean. Yeah, because she was definitely meddling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it does pain me. I want. I want the people in Listenerland and Eric to know how much it pains me to put Admiral Janeway on this and, list, and especially like, next to Bumbling. And like. You know, Captain Harry Kim was sent to, like, stop her from doing this. So she did, like, you know, violate orders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's keep, let's keep going. Okay, I'm going to go with somebody next, and I'm going to put them a little low because <clears throat> in the grand scheme of things, I don't think his actions made all that much difference. It makes for a great episode and great conflict, but there's really no consequences after that. And this is Admiral Haftel from The Offspring. Okay. Okay. So The Offspring is the is a next generation episode in season three where Data makes law. He makes his child, right? Um, another Sung type android. <clears throat> and um, he thinks of it as his child, and he's he's trying to raise it, raise her. Lol, um, you know, teach her the things that she needs to to learn. And uh, when Picard, you know, in, he sends his report to Starfleet, the head of like Starfleet research basically says, "Well, this is a great opportunity for us to research Sung type androids and." The best place for doing that is not on a starship. It's on, you know, a, a space station, a research station. And so he comes to take Law away. And he's, he's saying, like, I'm not doing this to, like, punish you, but, like, this is the best thing for her. Like, this is the best thing for the Federation. He's, like, he's not trying to hurt, hurt Law. He's not trying to hurt Data. He's just saying... Let's research her. This is a great opportunity. And uh, it leads to some great drama. Really fantastic episode. Um, and he's like, I understand android rights. I get that. But 
what happens if a, a torpedo hits the Enterprise and both of you are in the same place? That's that's bad for us. We gotta have two of you in different places. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, Lol ends up not functioning properly and, you know, cascade failure, whatever the terminology was, and dying. So there's really no follow-through from it. And, like, he had the best intentions in mind. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I actually thought about putting him on there. So, um because of like you know the, those reasons that you outlined so um, yeah just like wanting to take someone's child for crying out loud I mean not cool dude not cool um, okay so uh, I'm, I'm exercising um, captain's prerogative on this one um, they're not technically an admiral but they were the ones that were pulling the strings with everything. Okay? So um, this one's going to kind of come out of nowhere. Again, Captain's prerogative. Commander Remick from Conspiracy. Okay. All right. Um, and the reason I say that is because Commander Remick was ultimately the one that was, you know, the, the bug queen the bug leader thing parasite leader thing um it was strange it, i mean watching it now like you know what's up but like the first time you watch conspiracy you're like what why why is a commander telling an admiral what to do like this is weird and and like so like that was weird like that they didn't get like you know like the bug leader didn't get a high ranking admiral to do the thing so even though Remick not an admiral they were still functioning in a way as an admiral they were pulling strings they were part they were like essentially leading the conspiracy planning things they were using admirals to do things um, like with getting certain ships in or out of certain places um, pulling them back to Earth or sending them far away, whatever it might be. So, I know it's they're not technically uh, an admiral, but they're on the list as far as I'm concerned. Okay, sure, yeah, I get. And and you know he did take over the admirals. Yeah, I mean like with like the bug stuff. Yeah, yeah, the whatever they were eating stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> the only, by the way, the only. Um, um, Star Trek episode, Next Generation episode that I'm aware of, that um, was only aired once on TV. <laughs> Not never, never again in syndication. Like you can only watch it now on like streaming or DVD, that's, Blu-ray, that's physical media that's thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I didn't think it was that bad. Day, huh? I didn't think it was that bad. But then again, like I'm watching it like in 2000 something. Not in 1987, 88, something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a wee lad in 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 that time. So, all right, who's who's next on your list? Dude? All right, I'm gonna go to somebody who I actually think he's a really good admiral. I actually like the character, 
and it, it's like the only character that's a recurring character on this list. All of the other characters. Do you want me to? I not? think I know who it is. Okay. All the other characters on this list are like one-offs, but this guy is a recurring character, and this is Admiral Ross from D Space Nine. Nailed it. Yeah. Knew it. Okay. They like, were on my list too. Like he's he's like he Admiral Ross is put in charge of the war effort. Like he is the man to lead the Federation's war effort against the Dominion. And I think he does a really good job for the most part. Uh, you know, you know, <clears throat> he makes tough decisions. This is this has got to be an awful job, right? Like just you know, you know, ordering men on missions where you know they're probably not coming home. I can't imagine what it's like to be the person put in charge of a war effort. Like, man. But there's one episode, mm-hmm. and it's a fantastic episode. It's mm-hmm. actually the last, like, standalone episode of Deep Space Nine because everything after that is one big story. And this is <laughs> Inter Arma Inum Salant Legis. In times yes, of I have no war, idea what it means. the law falls silent. There we go. It's from Julius Caesar. Or it's from Cicero, the character. Um, yeah, and so this is this is the episode where, you know, Bashir is recruited by Section 31 to go undercover at on Romulus during some conference. And uh, basically... I'm your official Section 31 uh, representative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And basically, Admiral Ross is working with Sloan, the head of the head of uh, Section Thirty One here, because their interests align. Because Admiral Ross is like, listen, the senator that the Romulans have put in charge of the war effort is not on our side. She's a patriot right now. She's a patriot, and right now it's in her best interest to you know, work with us in the Federation, but maybe next time she won't. So Admiral Ross conspires with Sloan to basically have this senator almost exit. I, I, you have to think maybe executed, like yeah. imprisoned definitely, and they say executed maybe to put like a mole in the Romulan government like on the continuing committee to continue the Romulans being involved in the war effort. For sure. Yeah. Um, if we want to talk about conspiracy and Section 31 and smoke and mirrors type of stuff, um, there's, I mean, there's another one that kind of comes to mind too. And I'm wondering if he might be on your list. He, not she, he. Um, good old another one from from Deep Space Nine, if I'm not mistaken. Good old Admiral Layton. Uh, you're going with him already. I mean, thought we were working our way up, up the I mean, up the scale here. I mean, it was just a good segue. I mean, okay. we're talking like conspiracy <laughs> and stuff like that. But like, truthfully, he is higher up, right? Like he's like top five easily. He's like top two. Easily, <laughs> like I was like, like, are you getting to him already? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, go uh, on and talk to us about Admiral Layton then. Okay, so brother man, 
freaking coup d'etat, right, with with our good old Federation president to, you know, to get him to be installed and to, you know, exert straight up, quote unquote, military power in the grand scheme of things. Like, let's just call it martial law for what it is. Um, Framing changelings, among other things, and just a whole laundry list of stuff that just like just went on and on and on like with this dude and he got the for for a minute for a good minute like he had the confidence of of cisco right like cisco was like going to be like his um like one of his like um xos or like senior staff if i'm not mistaken if i remember right Mm -hmm. um like he was recalled to earth he was going to be taken away from deep space nine and be stationed there to work specifically with him on this Turn to put in init- put in charge of planetary security. Yeah. And Cisco is like kind of kind of like I don't know about that. I don't know. Like all right, well, I'll, I'll I'll give it a go. Like I'll see. I mean if, if this I mean if that's what you want. Like all right, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um but man, like this dude. I mean, like, dude faked a terrorist attack. Yeah. Faked a terrorist attack. So he could get the Federation president to declare martial law so he could take over control of Earth. This this is, like, not top five. This is top two. Like, this is this is pretty, pretty darn egregious right here. This is outside the bounds. He, he, this, he attempted a coup to overthrow the Federation president. Let's, let's, um, let's... I mean, right? Sure we... <laughs> Yeah, let's let's make sure that our listeners know, brother man is in like definitely top two to five territory. Okay. Um, I guess I gotta like I gotta like bring it back a little bit. Yeah. I gotta I gotta bring it back a little bit. Okay. So maybe closer to like the bumbling land. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, Eric. Admiral Pressman from the Pegasus. Okay, no, he's on my list. Okay. Man, look at I that. don't know if I would call him bumbling though. Let's let's talk about why you call him bumbling. No, I'm saying I'm not saying he is bumbling. I'm saying he's closer to the bumbling like continuum, okay, right? Okay, all right. <laughs> Excuse me. So like this is like this had to do with um like with Riker, like when Riker and, and Pressman were, were together once upon a time. And there was this, um, like, we, it was like, you know, be very tight lipped about like what happened with, um, like with this, this cloaking technology basically. And, um, like, that's like, honestly, like that's like what the, um, um, the, um, the series finale of, um, enterprise is a lot about, or like, kind of like how it's shoehorned in to kind of help Riker with like that decision of what to do regarding the Pegasus because that's it takes place in the same episode basically on the holodeck um major major issues like what was it Treaty of Algernon um type of thing like it was a violation of that or or um in terms of like cloaking technology with like Starfleet and the Federation and um lives severely um, impacted as a result of like some of the decisions that were um, taken place by uh, or made by Captain later Admiral Pressman uh, through this whole storyline so yeah. yeah I mean he's 
it it's it's certainly bad, but it's maybe not general or I'm sorry, general Admiral Layton bad. Well, yeah, he he's violating a tr- like knowingly violating a treaty that the Federation signed in goodwill with the Romulans, and he's like, I don't care, like this has set us back, and we. You know, we haven't, we've allowed the Romulans to gain an upper hand because we can't make cloaking technology. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely on my list here is a rogue admiral. Okay. All right. Man, look at that. Yeah, look at that. Well, I feel like I've, I've kind of kicked off the list here a little while. Why don't you go ahead and maybe say one? <clears throat> okay. I'll, I'll go back to the original series. Okay. And I'm going to go with. Commodore Decker, Captain Decker from the motion picture's father, and this is mm-hmm. in the Doomsday Machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not not on my list, but I thought about it. Okay, this this like again, this is like not as high because I don't think the stakes are as high here. Um, but basically, you know, his ship uh, gets destroyed. It doesn't get, but gets attacked by. The, the doomsday machine right whatever that is and uh it's a planet killer it blows up planets and he sent his crew he had his crew abandon ship and there that planet that they went to was destroyed so all 400 of his crew was lost and then when they rescue him and bring him back to the enterprise he takes command of the enterprise and says, we have to attack this thing. We have to attack it. We have to kill it before it kills us. And he's just, like, insane from, like, having all of his crew killed and losing his ship. Then he's, like, eventually goes on a suicide mission to just try and destroy this doomsday machine. But in doing so, he puts the entire crew of the Enterprise at risk. Yeah, like just looking at a picture of him again, like he, man, he like, looks crazy. He, <laughs> he looks a little, ooh, yeah, a little worse for wear. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's being nice about it. Um, yeah, he he looks like he's had more than a few sleepless nights. <laughs> like he needs to go to like Risa or something. He needs like a good little drink with like a little umbrella in it and like you know, like some, you know. Jamaran type of thing going on, you know, like he just he needs he needs to go to Risa, man. You know, I don't know, some kind of calisthenics program. I don't know something. Okay. All right, I I got one more like little person on my list before I start to get into like the big boys. Okay. All right, so one more one more kind of little person here, and this is Admiral Kennelly. From the episode Ensign Rowe. Okay. Okay. Ensign Rowe, fantastic episode. Introduces mm-hmm. us to a great character who was supposed to be a main player um, in not just The Next Generation, but Deep Space Nine, but Michelle Forbes was unwilling to commit, you know, long term, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sci fi legend Michelle Forbes, right? Um, also on 24. What? Also on 24. Yes, also on 24. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the Admiral Kennelly, you know, I, I don't put him in the big boys because he was kind of manipulated 
by the Cardassians. So this is this is like the first episode that introduces us to the Bajorans and the plight of the Bajorans and how their planet was taken over and their refugees. Um, and the Cardassians, ba- the Cardassians basically hatch a plot. We're going to commit a terrorist attack against ourselves, but blame it on the Bajorans, and we're going to get Starfleet to go and find them. And so Admiral Kennelly here falls for this, like hook, line, and sinker, that it was the Bajorans who did this. And so he's kind of like working with the Cardassians to, mm-hmm. to find these so-called terrorists, like the Cardassians call them terrorists but you know one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter <laughs> that's true right and so he's like he, he's he's rogue in the sense that he's working with the Cardassians but like he doesn't understand the like he doesn't have all the information he had like the wool pulled over his eyes mm-hmm. <sighs> okay so I, okay, I guess this will be my last one before we get into more of like the big dogs, right? Um, and this one is where they are because if there was any more that we had with them, they could easily be top four or five, I think. I think. Um, and I might go somewhere that Eric might not be expecting, maybe. And um, I'm going to the greatest Star Trek movie that has ever been in theaters. And that is Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay. Going with Admiral Marcus. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he make your list at all or no? Oh, yes, he's, he's higher on my list than what you put him right here. Okay, okay. So, yeah, like... Secretly creating warships, specifically the USS Vengeance, so that there can be a much more um, um, military um, uh, controlled um, society, among other things. Um, Taking his own daughter hostage. That's a no-no. Let's not do that. As as a dad, let's not do that, (laughs) y'all. Hmm, that's a bad idea. Now... I do want to say, I think the USS Vengeance is sexy looking. That's a good looking ship. I like it, by the way. Um, I just wish it had a little bit more pop of color, you know, like a splash of gray. Yeah, it's here a little, it's a little black. It blends. Yeah, a little too much. But that's a, that's a sexy ship. I do like the Vengeance, by the way. Um, in league with Section Thirty One. Mm. Mm. No, no, we don't. We don't do that. We don't play. Um, yeah. Brother Man tried to to start a war with the Klingons. He's like, yes, a he war did. is coming. They're gonna they're gonna declare war on us eventually. So I'm gonna do it first. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty dang bad. And then he right. was like, and he was like, he sent Kirk on a suicide mission, and he basically set him up from the begin. Kirk up, Kirk and his entire crew. Right, I mean, I don't know how many crew are on the Enterprise in the Kelvin timeline, but it Kirk in the next generation, in the next generation, in the original series, says many times like 
400 people. There's 400 people on my ship. And so, like, did Admiral Marcus really send 400 people to their death? Like, did he really try to set 400 people up to die? And then he was going to, then when that the Klingons didn't kill him, he was going to destroy the Enterprise himself? He's basically like I mean, murder 400 Starfleet personnel? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty bad. Let's look, let's, let me just do a quick little check of the crew compliment, if I can find it, like on the fly. Yeah, I know that, you know, William Shatner repeatedly says, you know, 400 people, 420 people, 430 people, like around that number. Yeah, I can't find it. Not right now. I'll eventually find it. Probably one of the listeners right now is like yelling at us. Yeah, that's usually me, right? I love when I'm listening <laughs> to an episode with you and David, and you're like, Eric is probably yelling at us that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we want you to feel involved. We want you to feel like you're there, Eric. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah, we want to we want to keep, you know, your your station nice and warm for you, right? Like not too many away missions if we can help it. Um yeah, I can't I can't find it um off the, on the fly right now. So um okay. But yeah, like trying to start like a random war and not only that, but like going back to the vengeance just for a second, like this thing was a war machine and like it it like dwarfed the Enterprise like crazy like this thing was like it looked like it was it was um as big if not bigger than like oh like the scimitar or something like it was it was massive and to add to like um like the like the um words are hard right now um anyway like to try and like keep things secret um no registry number, no identifying identifying markers at all on the hull of the vengeance. Like just to add to it, like we can't identify our enemy, right? Like they can't identify us, type of thing. So, oh, oh Lord have mercy. Okay, uh, let me see. How many do I have left? I have. I got three one. left. I have one, two. Three, four. Okay, I I have three and a half then. Okay. All right. Um. I don't know if this. I, I'm kind of scared to like list this one off because you might have them higher for all I know. Um, is it for, is it a character from a movie? No. Okay. Basically, all of mine left, with the exception of one, are from. A Hmm. <laughs> um. So let's see. I mean, just go with it. Just go with it. Just go with it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. I don't know where this is going to end up on your list if it's on your list at all, dude. But I would be absolutely remiss to not have them on here, and that is Admiral Satie from mean, the Drumhead. Yeah, of course she's on the list. Okay, she better be on the list, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 
like basically starting a galactic wide crucible for crying out loud. Like everyone under the microscope, everyone is guilty. Um, the the um, the ends justify the means type of attitude. I mean, questioning people's loyalty, like attacking character, and even like you know discredit. I mean, just like even discrediting herself with like another admiral in the room. Um, I mean, this lady was a monster in the drumhead. Now, granted, the drumhead, brilliant episode, absolutely brilliant, an amazing episode. Um, but my gosh, Satie is a monster. For all the Potter fans out there, um, I know Eric, you might not, you maybe, I don't know. Um, she is like the closest thing to Dolores Umbridge <laughs> in the Harry Potter series. I, I've seen like the memes of like Umbridge. Okay. She is the closest thing to Umbridge that I, uh, that I have to compare it to. Um, she is a monster. Uh, and, and she it is so brilliantly acted, so brilliantly acted. Um, but yeah, like she's she's like so rogue, like she just has her own agenda. She's gonna do what she wants, however she wants, whenever she wants. Yeah, like, a true kangaroo court in the sense, like oh, the Federation yeah. has enemies, and I'm the only one who can find them. But like the fact that like she also manages to get Worf to to like join her essentially is mm-hmm. is pretty scary yeah and like he I mean he believed in what she was doing and like that just I mean that just goes to why she is like so high on this list because like the really good ones are so charismatic that they can like they can win like the hearts and the minds of folks yeah you, you see that all the time like these like dictators and people oh, like yeah. that they're very charismatic and they mm-hmm. they have just a way of drawing people in mm-hmm. or cult leaders yeah. or whatever for sure mm-hmm. definitely th- definitely a scary episode and definitely someone who was out of bounds here anything else that you wanted to add about Sati I mean like like the ending scene is so powerful when like she's questioning Picard's loyalty to the Federation and he like throws her father's words back at her and she just has like a breakdown and that other admiral just like doesn't even say anything just gets up and walks out because he knows that she's yeah so far out of bounds yeah this is this is done and over with like I've seen all I need to see you're an idiot see you later goodbye Okay, so yeah, I'm down to um, I'm down to three. I got and, I have um, two people left. So these three are, um, I guess they're all in movies. Yeah, they're all in movies. Okay, mine too. Mine are all from movies. Okay, I'll go. I'll go first. Right. Okay. How about Admiral Dougherty? He's on my list from Star Trek Insurrection. Like, just the name Star Trek Insurrection tells you we're going to be fighting against somebody in power. And that's what Mm -hmm. we said. Like, who's the foil to our captain is somebody in charge. And when you name something Insurrection, you are literally fighting the people in charge. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
you some people might argue that Admiral Dougherty is not in fact gone rogue because he's there on orders from the Federation Council, right? Like literally the Federation is saying, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to move the Baku off this planet and work with the Sona to collect the radiation or whatever particles are in the ring to create some fountain of life and he has like good intentions in a sense like you know we want to expand lifespans we want to open up medical research and so like his intentions are good but like underrated Picard moment here like let's be honest like this movie does not get like the recognition that it needs and this is a like I'm almost kind of like ashamed is not the right word but I was like when we did our best of Picard like two years ago now neither one of us wanted to even mention like this Picard speech like this is a great Picard speech right it's like what you're doing I don't have it written down but like what you're doing here is wrong like you know history is littered with you know forced relocations of people you know for the greater good and like how many people does it take to make it wrong thousand fifty thousand a million i'll fight you in any way i can like really like underrated picard speech and it gets lost in the fact that you know this movie isn't highly regarded i well yeah yeah and i think part of it too like with with the speech that you're citing i mean the number of times that i've seen insurrection and that I've heard that speech in the ready room with, between Picard and Dougherty is like the timing is just off. Like it, like, like that Picard's speech, do, the the beat between the end of the delivery and and Dougherty speaking, like the the timing, like that speech didn't like have like an extra like few seconds to breathe to like really land. I think. Um, and I think like um, Dougherty ends up saying like the prime directive doesn't matter in this because this isn't their home type of thing, you know, like um, just like dismissing it, like just just like that type of thing. Um, but yeah, like exact same reasons, you know, like that you just that you put out like he's trying to do things for for the good of of society. And it's just, you know. It blows up in his face, literally. Well, yeah. literally. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But then so. he also, like, like let's agrees to let Ruafu attack the Enterprise. And that's, mm-hmm. like, where he, he finally, like, really goes out of bounds. He's like, all right, you can, you can stop the Enterprise from from leaving the Briar Patch and communicating with Starfleet and open fire if you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just, like, turns... I mean, he just really, like, just turns his back. Like, literally, like, walks away so he can, you know, wash his hands of it type of thing. Like, so he doesn't have to have blood on his hands for what happens. Uh, all right. So you have one left, right? One left. And I have two left. One, and then maybe like a like a wild card. Okay. 
let me I, I have a feeling that the one of the ones that's on my list is probably your last one uh yeah the last one I have is is number one Cartwright yes okay interesting my number one is not Cartwright okay all right um so we have to go back to um uh what was it um it had to have been was it search for Spock when he first showed up Cartwright no he shows up in um the voyage home was okay voyage home so it was voyage home and then again in undiscovered country correct that's correct yes so yeah like when we, when we meet the dude like he's pretty cool like no real issues with Cartwright at all like played by Brock Peters who goes on to later play um, Captain Sisko's dad um, in Deep Space Nine and I mean yeah Cartwright is like he just seems like a stand up dude that like is pretty fair for the most part from what we can tell by the character and Undiscovered Country which is like the sign off movie like literally the sign off movie for the original series cast um like there's like the whole Kittimer explosion and like where these these Kittimer Accords where we finally have to like make peace with the Klingons and there are people that don't like that and the one person that has every right to not like that is Kirk because of what happened to his his son and of course all the previous conflict that we've known about from like the original series of course uh, between you know the Enterprise and the Klingons and stuff like that like they've been a long-standing enemy like this was a Soviet Union United States kind of kind of thing like in terms of the Cold War and brother man we find out is part of this like multi-level conspiracy like with assassinations with um, all sorts of like you know cloak and dagger nonsense that's going on let's walk through this plot here so the Klingon Empire says we're in trouble Federation help us out. Admiral Cartwright, the CNC of Starfleet. Same position as, uh, um, oh my god, uh, the Dadmiral on Discovery, Charles Vance. 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 Like, yeah. Same position, right? Head of, head of Starfleet says, psh, psh, help you? No, but Federation Council overrules him. And so he plots... With the Romulans and the, like, leader of the Klingon, like, military. Not not the Chancellor, but, like, the leader of the Klingon military and the Romulans. To have the Klingon Chancellor assassinated. Literally, like, the head of the Klingon Empire. This guy is responsible for the plot to assassinate him. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to set Kirk up. And make it seem like Captain, former Admiral Kirk, is responsible for murdering the Klingon Chancellor. Knowing full well that the Klingons are probably going to execute Captain Kirk for for this. So, like, Mm -hmm. Brother Man doesn't even care that, like, he's sending Kirk to his death. Then, when the peace accords are still going to go on, he's like... I'm gonna get an assassin to kill the new chancellor, the new chancellor, the old chancellor's daughter. So what? 
Like, are you kidding me? This is like the <laughs> definition of out of bounds here. <laughs> like, like the head of Starfleet conspires with the head of the Klingon military and somebody within the Romulan Empire. He's we're not we don't know what position he has to assassinate the Klingon Chancellor. If that's not number one, like, I don't know what is. I'm starting to rethink my decision right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I, like that was like, okay, that's number one. Just like when we did Spooky Trek. All right, the thaw is number one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was yeah. like, <laughs> we, we, we start there and everything that. else goes. And it's like, we start with Admiral Cartwright in the undiscovered country and we work our way from there oh, alright you ready for me to break your heart Eric I'm ready okay do you have like do you have like your half is that yeah what like, a, like a, it's like a my list is done and then I have like one like wild card that maybe people are like wait what I wonder if your wild card is my number one okay maybe Admiral Kirk yeah okay <laughs> Like okay, Admiral Kirk can't be a rogue admiral. He's our main character. Oh, but he can. Oh, but he can. You know, we we talk about like how the captain is the one that like we're on their side, right? And it's the admiralty that we can't trust. Well, we've been conditioned, like we've been conditioned to trust Kirk for years and years and years. And then motion picture rolls around. Oh, shoot. Brother Man's an admiral now, but he's still functioning as a captain. Like, he's on the bridge. He's the admiral. Spock's captain. Scotty's later a captain, right? And everyone else gets, like, random promotions to other stuff, you know, from time to time. But Brother Man's still an admiral, so he is still in danger of being a rogue admiral. So let's, 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 let's talk about this for a second. He... Steals a ship, blows it up, uses his influence as a trusted leader and friend to convince his friends to jailbreak someone and to assault other Starfleet officers. Okay? Um, not only that, but to also sabotage other Starfleet property, aka the Excelsior, um, murders Klingon crew in self defense, but still murders. Um, is it he's murder told, if it's self-defense? Eh, we're going to just say it's murder because it's, you know, it's it's fine. Okay. He kills them. They go, they die. Um, what's that? He is told specifically, you know, to follow specific orders such as Genesis Planet is off limits. Stay the heck away. He does not stay away. He fi he, he ignores that order. Just like when the um, the the whale probe thing is going on in Voyage Home and everything is like, dying or in like storms and everything he's being everyone's being ordered stay away from earth he comes to earth not only that but he time travels violates the, the temporal prime directive by taking people from the 20th century bringing it back to the 23rd and also bringing two whales back thus altering the past and um yeah that's, I think that, and then I think gets himself demoted it. as the little cherry on top. 
Yeah. I think that about covers it. Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely steps out of bounds here. But, like, the reason why I was like, oh, it's a wild card is because he's our main character. And our main character is, like, he's what he wants to do is right. And so, like, we can't think of him as being rogue. Mm. I mean, and from a modern perspective, maybe we can. We have, like, television shows and movies where our main characters are are like the bad guys but like back then that wasn't really true i don't think right but especially you know at this point what we're 17 years of knowing captain kirk by the time we get to like the search for spock which is really where i think is when he goes rogue is in the search for spock it's like 17 years of him being like in the right or the good guy the guy mm-hmm. we're supposed to like agree with and go along with and I mean, we could. I mean, we could even like rewind it some too. He manipulates other high-ranking officers to get him to be on the po- um, on on board the new refitted Enterprise for Pete's sake. Yeah. And knowing full well he's not qualified to to you know command that all the upgrades and everything that goes into the the refit of the of the Enterprise for crying out loud. So, anyway, so I mean, it goes. I mean, it goes all the way back to like 1979. So I mean, even like 13 years, right? Like we had known him for 13 years, and like this roginess is like starting to creep up um, in his his um, admiral state or whatever. So that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Okay, I'm sure there could have been others on this list um, besides the like the 10 or 12 however many whatever the count officially was uh, that we listed off um, Eric I teased this earlier to you and um, I know that you were very sad the last time because you thought I was bringing you know the, the doing the timeout before the kicker got brought in or whatever um, <laughs> but nice guess you. what my man we have us a Twitter poll so I don't know if I if I really thought this one through, but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. We're gonna see what happens. So, um, as you know, Eric, um, I polled the people of the Twitter, and um, I asked them this very important question: Which engineer, if promoted to the rank of admiral, would be most likely to go rogue? Okay. okay. So which engineer, if promoted to admiral, would be most likely to go rogue? Yes. Choices were Scotty, Jordy, O'Brien, Reno. Okay, well, my choice would be Charles Tucker the third. Because, you know, we've seen him like go rogue in a sense. Like you know, he's got his own moral code, so to speak. And we've seen episodes where he doesn't necessarily follow the rules and trouble happens. I'm thinking of a great episode, like the cogenitor episode from season two. You know, like okay. he doesn't really, you know, he, he just mm-hmm. he steps out of bounds. So, like, my choice would be Charles Tucker Um But of those choices, so I got Scotty, I got Jordy, I got... Mm-hmm. O'Brien and I got Reno. Mm-hmm. Correct. 
Well, I mean, Scotty goes along with Kirk, right, in in his plans, right? Doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like of those, though, I would have to. I think I might say Reno. Of those would be the okay. the answer that I might go with, but I don't think she won this poll. Okay, so just so I know, you are going with which one? Reno. Reno. That's my okay. choice. Okay. Knowing full but well she did not win. Okay. But I All don't. Right. I haven't seen the results. Okay. All right. Shall we go to the results, my dude? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So coming in in fourth place. With 0% of the vote. Zero. Goose egg. Not a nil. Jordy. Okay, that makes sense, right? <laughs> okay. I don't believe Jordy would go rogue for one moment. No, he would just go with a holodeck and create like a something. <laughs> um, anyway, too soon. Um, okay, coming in in third place with 14.8% of the vote. Scotty. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. It comes down to O'Brien and Reno. Brian and Reno, Reno and O'Brien. Are you are you still? <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling much fit? better about my my chances right now. Okay, all right. So, O'Brien from Deep Space Nine, Reno from Star Trek Discovery. Okay, with thirty three point three percent of the vote in second place for this poll O'Brien oh my god oh my god I just fell out of my chair (laughs) (laughs) that means that 51.9 percent of the vote went to Jet Reno wow like I'm I'm shocked like I (laughs) thought there was no chance that was gonna happen there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> like oh, I'm like Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go, man. That's like what number eight for you? Yeah, that, I'm I'm on quite a roll here. Man. Man. All right. Well, there will be another uh, poll in our. Um, uh, in, the, in our next episode, which is going to be, um, of course, the uh, Picard finale. Um, so make sure y'all, um, that'll be coming out, um, well, at the time of this dropping, it'll be coming out tomorrow. So um, make sure you, you uh, give that a listen. And um, you know what we have to say in that next Twitter poll, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, Eric, as usual, thank you, man, for, for the, the robust discussion about those, you know, conniving bumbling egregious admirals that are in star trek yeah <laughs> so um anyway everyone out there in listening what'd you think do you agree with our list are there others that you would um include or are there some that you would just say like why are they even on that list what are y'all smoking stop it um we would love to hear that um you know you can always like learn more about the show you can you know share your ideas stuff like that um all at trtvpod.com Check out our Handling Frequencies portion of the page um, for stuff there. Um, of course, if you want to send us an email directly, you can do that, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice on the transmission to 817-752-4757. 
Uh, remember, there's a three-minute limit before the uh, Vengeance comes out of the clouds and tries to shoots us with stuff. So I don't want that, so please be quick about it. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something, you know, like orders to stay away or, you know, your whatever, you can mail it to us, I guess. I, I don't want to stay away. I like being here. Uh, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.